Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Business of Marriage. You all know who we are by now. It's your girl, Tova. And Sam. And we are so excited, you guys. Today is going to be a really good show. It is going to be a follow-up from our episode of House Hunters, okay? Because y'all really liked that episode, and I think out of all of the episodes that we've shot this season, you all were most interactive with that um, podcast. Like, you all were coming into our DMs, you were coming into our private messages, and y'all were really relating with us about the housing market. So we had to follow up, and we had to bring y'all some information, so we are super excited for today. Sam, how are you feeling? Listen, I am good. I am excited about what uh, what's happening in life right now. I'm just working through situations, work, and counseling, and all that, but... God is good. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. God is good. And so I'm just excited about this podcast because we got somebody special on our podcast today. Yes, we do. And so we're going to jump right in with our random question. As you all know, we do this every episode. And so today it is my turn to ask Sam um, a random question. So, babe. Yes. My random question is, what is your favorite thing about being married? My favorite thing about being married um, is probably, and it goes back to part of the love language, but also part of who I am with you. I actually like spending time with you. You know, quality time is a really big thing. Why you just, and if you can see my wife's, if you can see my wife's eyes, I'm about to turn her mic down. You know what I'm saying? If I can, you can see your, my wife's eyes, it's super. It's super like, why would you say spending? No. no, that's not what you mean. But that's not what I mean when I ask that question. No, the reason I look like that, because you said the love languages, and then I thought you were going to say your favorite thing was touch. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. I didn't know where you was going with that. I thought you was going to go far left with that. No, quality <laughs> time. Okay. I love cool. spending time with you. And I think I love spending time with you because, you know, for the most part, I like hanging with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't hang enough, you know, between work and all the things that we be doing. You know, I like spending just time with you. It's purposeful. It means a lot. Cool. How about yours? I think my favorite thing about being married is like, it feels like I'm having a sleepover with my best friend every day. Mm. It, it feels like uh, it's just like a, I know this sounds really weird, but like a slumber party. <laughs> A slumber party with your best friend every day and just having that accountability mm-hmm. and really just being able to bounce ideas off of one another and just waking up to the same person over and over, which is funny because that was the very reason I didn't want to get married was because <laughs> I thought that I would get bored with waking up to the same person every day. So basically you were thinking you was going to hang out with a whole bunch of people. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, because I'm so spontaneous and I, you know, I don't like doing one thing over and over and over all the time. I thought I would get bored, but, um, I didn't and you're stuck with me. So yeah. I mean, I'm stuck with you. All right. All right. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So y'all like, um, in the excitedness of talking with, you know, people and bringing people in to talk about different aspects we wanted to follow up this particular episode by talking um, with someone who was knowledgeable 
about the housing market mm-hmm. and knowledgeable about the lending process and all the things that come with that. And so we uh, went to a particular person that we actually put on our other show notes for House Hunters episode. And we brought this guest in and this person, you know, is a... Uh, African-American gentleman who is a mortgage lender uh, mm-hmm. with North Point Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got a little joke going on side with him about, you know, I say, bro, are you single? You know, are you taken? Are you in an entanglement like Jada and Not Will? Not an entanglement. <laughs> Not a you know, whole what, what, What's going on with, you know, got a, got, some, got, a, got a kid, you know, kids. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, man, what's going on with you? But anyway, enough about that. Let me just further introduce to <laughs> our listeners the business of marriage. Uh, give a great applause uh, to my friend, Brent Dean. Woo! Brent Dean. That's like the audience applause. Right. That's, that's the audience. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. First of all, I appreciate the opportunity to be to be on here with you guys. And as the kids say, y'all cute or whatever, man. But y'all making me a little jealous here with all that. But that's okay. Hey, that's all right, man. Brent, man, for our audience, man, if you could, you know, I didn't do it justice, man. If you could just tell the the people a little bit more about who you are, what you do, if you could. Sure. Absolutely, man. Well, first of all, I, I can't introduce myself without first telling you what I am, first and foremost, which is a child of God. Secondly, uh, I've been doing real estate at least in some capacity now for about 20 years. Wow. I've done some investment stuff. Uh, I did some flipping a few years ago back when that was the cool thing to do. And throughout all of that, I've been uh, involved in, in real estate finance in, in some capacity, whether that was as a wholesale broker or an account executive selling products to brokers. And now I do mortgage work, uh, what they call retail, which is, you know, customer facing. Mm-hmm mortgage work. So it's, it's kind of my thing, man. I got sucked in and I love it. So that's, that's my story. And I'm with North Point Bank now and I love it there. So it's been great. Man, that's awesome, brother. So awesome. That's awesome. So man, I, 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 again, man, I'm just excited to, to have you on here. Um, and you know, and, and you've been a, a, a huge help to us in learning and how this process goes. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that just, don't have the knowledge, don't have the wisdom, like want to ask questions and they're asking all their friends, cousins, mothers, sisters, brothers about this stuff. But it's something about directly hearing from the source on this process. Mm-hmm. So I just want to jump mm-hmm. in if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, there's a ton of people, you know, who don't know where to start, Brent. You know, they they have good information, they have bad information about the mortgage process, about, you know, this, this loan and lending process. Can you just kind of like walk our listeners like from point A to point B to C through what this actually looks like? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the first thing I'll say is I, I often will tell people, as long as you want to live in the United States and the way the system works here, um, there's only two positions that make sense to be in. And that's either being a homeowner or working towards it. Anything else is making a conscious decision to catch money on fire. Wow. So you, we have to basically always get ourselves prepared. I, I say that to say people often will come to me, hey, when do I go to talk to someone to get my finances in order? At what stage do I speak with someone to get my finances in order? And, and as soon as I hear that, I'm like, I mean, you got 30 minutes right now? But <laughs> it, it's always right now. That's what it is because 
Otherwise, you are just kind of walking around in the dark and walking into walls, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is not to get yourselves prepared. It's kind of like going to church. What, what do they say with that is you don't, you don't get right with God and then go to church. You go to church so you can get right with God, right? So right. It, it's, you know, to use that same analogy as it relates to finance, it's, yeah, I mean, you have to go to the finance people to get yourself prepared. You don't go get prepared and then go to the finance person, if that makes sense. Right, it does. Um, and there's never a point that's too early. Even if you feel like, hey, you know, we're looking at purchasing three years down the road. Okay, good. Well, let's make sure you're ready right now. Let's make sure the roadmap is set. Um, and, you know, and make sure you at least have the things in, in order that you need. Because I can't tell you how many times people contact me and say, yeah, we found this house. It's beautiful. I can't wait to... I already know where my flat screen is going and everything. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that car is way in front of that horse right now. And we have got to slow this thing down. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's about identifying where you are in the process as quickly as you can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can be completely approvable and ready to be financed and still be waiting, you know, your, your time in order to get to where you're you're personally ready to do that. But there's no downside to that. Right. So the process is simple, though once we arrive at it is basically a conversation to determine three basic principles that are really considered when you're looking at financing. Mm. Um, we call them in my business, I call them the three C's it's credit collateral and capacity. Mm. So credit is pretty basic. It's as simple as what's the score and what's the history, right? So both of those things have to be evaluated independently because you can technically have a incredible credit score. You have an 800 credit score, um, but you're two years out of a bankruptcy. Believe it or not, that's possible, right? So maybe maybe it's not time yet for you because of that, regardless of your score. So that you know, there's a lot that goes into the credit evaluation process altogether. So that's that's one thing. You know, the second thing being the the collateral, which in this case it's actually the lender's collateral, but that would be the property itself. Mm. And often people don't recognize that that's an important part of the process, but it is, it, it's a, it's an entirely different thing to deal with when we're financing a duplex, the rules are totally different. If we're financing a single family or a condo, even there's totally different rules there, different rules for a manufactured house or, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so the, the collateral becomes the next piece that we're trying to evaluate. Like what kind of house are we actually looking to buy here? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's your intentions? with said house, right? Because investment property is completely different than a house you intend to live in, so on and so forth. Um, The next thing being capacity is about what is your ability to repay this this new obligation you have? So we're going to look at what's your income. Technically, what we're looking specifically at is what we call debt to income Mm -hmm. in, in my business, which would mean Monthly, month over month, how much are you paying per month versus how much money is coming in? Mm. Another important piece of that I would mention, too, is the um, fact that the debt that we really are looking at here would be only what we call institutional debt, Mm. meaning it's money that's been fronted to you that you now have to pay back to said institution. Mm. It's not a uh, like, your, you know, your, your cell phone bill, utilities cable bills, none of those things even matter in qualifying for, for buying property. Hmm. But that's really what it, the first step is, is about, guys, is basically getting somebody on the phone, evaluating those three things, credit, collateral, and capacity. By the time we're done doing that, 
uh, then we have a clear path on, you know, there may be one of those spots that we have some work to do. We might have some credit work to do. Or we might have to wait a little while because of your job time. So you got some capacity work to do, yeah. or, you know, so on and so forth. But we can get that determined on the first, on the first pre-qualification call by evaluating those three, what we call three C's. And I think, Brent, I know for us, the very first time around, so not this time, but the very first time around, some of our C's were not in the... (laughs) We're not in the right in the right place, but because we had that first time around, you know, talking with Mm -hmm. you and kind of getting things together, the second time around became a little easier because we had done that pre work. And I think so many times, a lot of us are scared to really look into our financial uh, situation. Because our mm-hmm. hopes are so high. I'm like, man, I, I really want a house. I'm sick of paying this $1,800 uh, rent. Right. I'm ready to move. But I always tell people, just start. Like you said, just have that conversation so you can know what you need to mm-hmm. do so that you can qualify to get the things that you want. I, I, I think that a lot of us <clears throat> yeah. are scared to kind of see the damage or not damage that was done in our financial uh, history, but I think it's super important to know um, where you are with those three C's. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. And there's so many times that people are afraid of understanding, which I know, I mean, you know, to tie it in, I know this show is, is about marriage, a lot of that. So to tie it in even to a relationship angle, it's, it's the same as the individual who, when am I going to find my person? But they ain't talking to nobody, right? Right. Well, you ain't going on no not, dates. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't dated nobody, but you want to know where they're at. Well, hey, uh, you know, same thing, uh, you know, on, on the side of financing where it's like, well, I want to own a house. Well, have you talked to anybody? Like, right. have you done anything towards that? And to be in the know, I always, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but it is a natural thing. So I'm not downing people for it because it's natural across the board. It's mm-hmm. just a, you know, pretty, you know, um, normal uh, train of thought, but you know, I don't, I don't know why there's comfort in the unknown. Right. That's, that should make you uncomfortable. That should Mm -hmm. make you unsettled. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. the knowledge is power. The understanding of what you're able to do, there's, that's where the power is at. That's where you can take control again. Even if that, that, that understanding is, boy, we got five years of work to do. At least you now understand that. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. you can then get, you can get to doing the work and chipping away at it. And it always feels better once you've gone through it. Man, that's so good, Brent. Cause I, I know so many couples, so many individuals who are like, you know what, like finances are the vein of my existence. You know, I've, <laughs> I've been working this yeah. job or trying to get this job, trying to start a business or they have a yeah. business and they're trying to figure out, okay, I'm still living in this apartment, town, home, place, whatever. And the dream then becomes like, oh, man, you know what? It would be so much nicer to have a bigger space, to have somewhere for the kids or or so on and so forth. And then when you finally have accepted that desire, realize that, oh, man, you know, we really want this. That's just like the beginning of the conversation. Finally, the couple's like, you know what? Yep, I really want this thing. I really want this house. So then Mm -hmm. they're forced in a sense by what you're saying with these three C's to then start looking at their finances, Mm -hmm. start Mm -hmm. looking at like, okay, I actually have to acknowledge that maybe one person is stronger at the saving and the other person is more of a spender Mm -hmm. or uh, 
one of the persons is, you know, like, you know what? My credit is a, I got a 750. And the other person's like, well, mm-hmm. I still got a 530 mm-hmm. from dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff and mistakes I made when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you have those things going on, it sounds like, okay, you've realized your dream, you realized your vision. Now let's work on some things. Like you go talk right. to a, a mortgage loan officer. You know, you're like, all right, so what is it that I need to work on? And you said the three C's. And and as that person starts to look at their credit or their capacity, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. there then becomes this work. So, like, I know mm-hmm. you, you mentioned this term, um, you know, we'll, we'll start with credit. So, like, with the credit piece, you know, like, if I'm my first time coming in, you know, I'm coming to with my wife, my spouse, whatever, and I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, um, we want to get this house like what is typically the best way, you know, best kind of credit score to come in with or thing to know that you're like, before you even get in there, like the credit that I want to have is what, what's the number? Sure. Well, and you know, I'll answer that in two parts. One of the words you said was best. Well, best. Yeah. Let's go. Let's have an 820, right? Yeah. If you right. got 800 credit scores, you're all good. If we go, um, let's go. Now, <laughs> but if we're, if we're talking about what's normal, um, right. You know, once you're in the mid 600 range, you should be able to operate with some level of confidence, at least as it relates to credit. I always explain to people, I'm like, the important thing with credit is to get yourself to a position where credit is not the reason that -hmm. you're not eligible to do a loan. As I mentioned, there's several other things, right? Mm -hmm. But what we work on first is let's make sure that credit's not the reason. And that's that's easy enough. I mean, for some, it's more there's more involved than others. But it's easy enough to get that roadmap and start working on that right away. And, and typically, that's one of the, obviously, one of the, the things that people have to work on the most right away. Um, but I would tell you mid-600s is realistic. 640 is supposed to be a floor. Now, I'll tell you this. Hmm. I mean, there are lenders who say they will do it at a 580 even, right? Really? But lending with mortgage lending, scores are a part of it. But like I said, there's so many things that, that do get evaluated if you had lower credit scores, there may be some programs that you can still get qualified with, but uh, you're going to have to have some really strong, what we call compensating factors mm-hmm. in my industry. Right. Okay. So if someone comes to me with a 640 on the nose, then, okay, I'm going to say, all right, well this, I, hopefully we've got a 401k with, you know, six figures in it, or we have, you know, some other, you know, job time is 15 plus years. Um, and you know, you need some other like really strong compensating factors where then when that's evaluated by an underwriter, they say, well, the credit scores are marginal, but we got some real strength on the, in these areas. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so all of those things holistically do all, do all play a part because the person with a 640 credit score and the cash to close, let's say, you know, the amount of money they have to bring to the table to purchase the house that let's say that number hypothetically is $10,000. And they hand me a bank, uh, you know, they hand me a, a, a bank, uh, whatever, what is it called here? Account like statement. statement. And mm-hmm. I see, the, you know, I see the statement. I look at it. I'm like, well, your balance right now is 9600 but you got another check coming in. Okay. And then we're going to, like, okay, well, all right. And then, you know, we want to buy a duplex, do we? Okay. All right. And, you know, okay. So then it starts to say, well, that's not, that's not going to work. Not at a 640 credit score because we're marginal in other areas. Right. right? Yeah. So in order to really step into it and just be like, yeah, I'm, I feel like I can, I can get this done for me. You know, I, uh, at six sixty ish, 
I started to feel like, yeah, even, even limping there with assets and some of those things, we'll still get it done mm -hmm. at that point. And Brent, for, for those who are married and a lot of times in relationships, one, like Sam said, one person is stronger credit wise in our situation. Sam was yeah. stronger credit wise. Could you let people know? Um, so if we're married, are we both going to be looked at our credit or can one person take on the brunt or um, do we have to do it together? Well, to answer that, to answer the latter part first, you certainly don't have to do it together. Okay. Right. And another thing I'll often get people on the phone where I'm dealing with husband or wife and one or the other can't be on my loan for whatever reason. Generally, it's credit related. It's mm -hmm. okay. This person's scores don't qualify, but the other, but the spouse's scores do. Um, and I always careful, you know, make sure that I make clear to them and explain to them that the ownership is not established through the mortgage. Okay. So the mortgage is only, only giving you liability, right? So just like you said, Tova, in your place, in your position there, we end up going with, with Pastor Jones alone. And all he won for that was all the mortgage liability, just to be clear. So right. um, you still, you and him, you just as much as he does own 50% of that house. So for married people out there listening, just to be clear, the ownership is established through title. Okay. not through the mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Now, when we you know, when we look at each situation, it's going to be different every time. There are times when I need both spouses because of the capacity part, right? Like I need more income to qualify. I can't get enough income to qualify with one. I need two incomes to qualify. Well, in those mm -hmm. cases, we both got to credit qualify in that case. Right. Um, if one of the other, you know, one of the two spouses earns enough on their own to qualify on their own, then we can write the loan and do the mortgage in just that one uh, individuals now. Okay. And and that's good to know because I know a lot of people that were um, asking us questions were like, well, you know, my one spouse is an entrepreneur and then my other spouse, you know, works and I know, right. you know, that whole ordeal. <laughs> Yeah. That whole ordeal. Right. Um, yeah. You could even talk about that, Brent. Like, entrepreneur, like, somebody got to have a W-2. Right. Just, that's right. just boiled down to it. Yeah. Some, right. you know, in our in our generation, entrepreneurship is glorified. That's That seems to be the goal. That's what everybody wants to do and become, you know, which is a good goal. Sure. But when you're trying yeah. to uh, get the piece of the pie, which is the land mm -hmm. and property, somebody in the house got to have a W-2. In, what, what in you, most what you cases, think? you're exactly right. <laughs> Unless y'all yeah. rolling in dough. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. That's it. So, That's the truth. So, and, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, and you're exactly right. It, it, now, you know, self-employed individuals is what we're referencing when we say entrepreneurs. People yes. who, are, who are doing work and they're, 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 they're you know, either 1099 for said work, like a contractor, mm -hmm. or they, they own their own business or LLC. Yes, that becomes layered. And the reasoning behind that is about the tax code in the United States and how we do taxes here, which is self-employed people are not only encouraged. In fact, you, you basically can't compete uh, with anybody else if you don't have a tremendous amount of what we call write-offs. Right. Um, now, I will give this information with the preface that I am not a CPA. Okay, so let's, let me make sure to make that clear. But I do mortgage work and I've looked at taxes for 20 years, so I've got a pretty good understanding. And I know that the way it works is, you know, when you are self-employed, you're looking to write off more and more 
of your income and make it look like you're making less to the government. Mm-hmm. Well, the other side of that, the, you know, the double edge of that sword is I also can only use the number to qualify that you end up with after those write-offs. Yeah. Okay, so that's what makes it so challenging for self-employed people. Another thing is that you're required to have a self-employed job for a minimum of two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to go out and start your own hip-hop group and, you know, you got you want to do all this stuff, mm-hmm. okay, that's great. Then we've got to wait a couple years. And not only that, you're going to have to not write off very much at all. So you're going to pay a bunch of money in taxes mm-hmm. to show that your income is well enough to qualify. So wait, so, 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 yeah. so you're going to have to pay, mm-hmm. not write off, mm-hmm. pay and show a history of paying mm-hmm. two years yes. minimum of taxes on top of you got your business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Man. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So that's why the people who qualify, who are self-employed for mortgages in 2021, generally have had said business for five, six, seven, eight years because you have to have already established, you know, a long-term record and stability to, to even be able to afford mm-hmm. from a tax standpoint to, to pay what it costs to show the income that you need. If that makes any sense. Man. The so, things they look, the things people don't <laughs> tell I'm, I'm you, you because I am a contracted worker and yeah. uh, we found that out mm-hmm. the hard way mm-hmm. that you right. need to be doing that for two or more years. And I just went from being a, you know, W two worker to being yeah. contractor, little under two. Like yeah. we were almost at two yeah. and still they yeah. was like, it's enough. Yeah. It, it, it sounds <laughs> like that's the danger. Like you you have like okay, that's like a person a family uh, a marriage that has a two dreams. You got a dream yeah. you want a house mm-hmm. and then you got a dream you want to start your business. Mm-hmm. So right. you get going to your business that first year, oh my goodness, I got all this money coming in. That job can't mm-hmm. tell me nothing. I'm about to quit. Yeah. I'm writing this off <laughs> and quit. I can write this <laughs> off and my car off right. and all this and all, off. And, and all these <laughs> things happen. And then you quit your W two job mm-hmm. for your dream amazing thing that's happening with your business. Mm-hmm. You don't got two years in. Yeah. Maybe you yep. do have two years in, but it's not a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, then, right. and then all of a sudden, here you are trying to realize your second dream because you finally think you got enough income. Mm-hmm. And you go mm-hmm. to the mortgage loan officer and potentially they're going to tell you, um, we need more history or you didn't pay off. You didn't pay enough taxes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So wow. you can't right. solidify the funds that you say you make it. Wow. Because on the mortgage uh, application, you're going to say you make $80,000, but your tax records show so that you made twenty three. Show that you made 23000 because you're right. Yeah, exactly. And that's if you're smart, right? And right. that's the thing. And and that's the that's the frustrating aspect of it is I mean it's, that's why I called it what it is and that's a double edged sword mm-hmm. exactly what it is um, and it's just another way that our wonderful federal government finds a way to make sure they're getting some money out of you mm-hmm. right and the the other thing too is those those first couple years for virtually any business I mean you know it, it's gonna be really tough for you anyway right so you okay. usually aren't gonna show a lot of money mm-hmm. even if we weren't writing off a bunch right. of stuff right. you know. Um, so that, you know, those are some of the things I, I, I try to, you know, I've had people before where, you know, I have a, a gentleman I won't name, but helped him get in a house. He came to me a couple of years ago and he was self-employed working as a barber. Great guy. I love him. Helped him get his situation right. I was like, bro, I, I need you to go get a job. Like you're thinking about it. But if you want to own a house, you know, you got have a place for your kids. So, you know, he started a, a W2 job and 
12 months later, we just closed on his house a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know what his long-term intentions are with that W-2 job. That's not my business. Right. But in order to get him into that house, <laughs> I was telling him like, here's the way we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's all about what you're willing to sacrifice and yeah. what you're willing to do to make something happen. Like you don't, ha- and like you said, you don't have to keep this. I mean, you need to have enough money to pay your mortgage, yeah. but right. you know how you get to that point, you know, it may be unconventional. You may have to get, like you said, a, a job for a year or two just to make mm-hmm. that dream a reality. And I know so many people are like, I can pay this $1,800 apartment rent. Why can't I get this home? It's so yeah, many right. factors that yeah. you're that yeah. has to be aligned in order to make the dream of being a homeowner happen. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, and they'll, they'll take your rental money. That's easy, um, yeah. you know, because you don't you don't pay it. It's also they can get you right up out of there and put another one in, yeah, right? right? But yep. uh, with when it comes to qualifying for bank money, and they want to, you want to, you want to ask them for two hundred thousand or so. They they've got some pretty you know yeah. pretty stringent things sometimes as it relates to job history and income, and quite frankly, understandably so, in my yeah. humble opinion, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's good. Um, and and I think that I just want to draw this point out too for our listeners, and this even in our process, like. One thing that I learned in, in, in working with you, Brent, is you explain this process of of credit. Like we we many people have credit karma, right? We go on credit karma, we see how our credit score is, which may or may not be the true expression of where our credit score stands. But right. but with that, like you all as mortgage loan officers and, and lenders, you use what's called FICO. Right. And and it's a, like a collection of all three or four credit institutions and you get it and you, you have to use an average. So let, let's just say, you know, a person like, Oh yeah, I got a six third, I got a six thirty, and then I got a six seventy, and then I got a five eighty. And you're like, okay, well that's great. All three, three to the threes again. You don't want to tell me about the five eighty, but guess what? We got to use an average of all of them. Mm-hmm. And, right. and a lot of well, people don't know be- that. Yeah, and to be to be, it, it, but it is technically too on that. Pastor Jones is it's the middle. It's not a. It's not a. We don't add them. We don't add them and then divide by three. But it is so in your scenario there where you say five seventy five, six thirty and seven twenty. Well, six thirty is my number. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So, it's the so exactly yes, it's the median of of those three. And and to just to touch on the karma thing because this is something I hear hear a lot is you know people will call me. And, frequently say hey man man i know i pull karma but i know they they stuff be wrong man i'm like no it's it's not actually wrong um what it is is it's literally that layered in the sense Mm -hmm. that not only do you have three different credit reporting agencies who all score you each one of those agencies score you differently in every industry okay so i'm gonna pull three scores today and they will be mortgage specific you know three scores that, that are that are mortgage specific if today you went to an auto loan company the very same day that afternoon they're going to give you three totally different scores Mm -hmm. and then if you apply for a discover card they give you three different scores in that so on and so forth if you want to hear more stay tuned for the big announcement on part two of the business of marriage